All right, all right, here we are yet again with another episode of English and Coffee. It's your one of host, Demian, and today we are located at Boydley Park. We're about three hours from a thunderstorm. It's already started to drizzle. We're going to do what we can with what we have. Today's topic is going to be about professionalism. And the reason that we're going to talk about professionalism is because a lot of people say that they know what it means, but yet they don't show it. You don't see it in their behavior. So we're going to define professionalism and also talk about a few ways that we can exhibit professionalism in our everyday lives. Let's take it out of the office space. Professionalism doesn't just happen when you're on the job. It can happen on or off the court. So that's what we're going to get into. We're sipping on a 12-ouncer, 100% Colombian, with two shots of chocolate caramel syrup, three sugars. Let's take that intro sip. Mm-hmm. And off we go. So as I said, we're expecting a thunderstorm. It's already drizzling. So if you hear some raindrops in the back, that's what that noise is. Now, professionalism. Think about that term for a second. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a professional and exhibit professionalism on the job? Right now, you're probably thinking of a man or a woman in a suit, business dress, very well put together, somebody that has all of their facts, speaks with clear, concise statements, somebody that's competent in their job, skillful at their craft. They know just what they're doing. They're giving you just what you paid for or just what you asked for. You're not going into a medical office expecting an exam and end up getting a freaking TikTok video shot while you're in the waiting room. This isn't what's happening. Professionalism, in my opinion, means exhibiting a level of etiquette and courtesy at every turn. That's it, simply put. Now, let's look at a few examples of where we've all seen people being unprofessional. Now, if the things that we talk about are some of the things that you're doing, then, you know, might be something to look at. Just saying. Not saying it's unprofessional, just might be an area that you might want to look at. Because I walked into a gas station not even... 20 minutes ago to pick up this coffee and there were two girls working and a guy walked in off the street looked like somebody just scraped him off the bottom of a shoe that had been dragged through mud and soot he comes in with last week's shirt eyes bloodshot red it's freaking three o'clock in the afternoon his eyes are bloodshot red so obviously he's under the influence of something he comes in he's not looking to buy anything he's just coming in to talk Who's he going to talk to? He's going to talk to the cashiers. Two girls. So already, your friends do not need to show up on the job. This is very, very unprofessional. There's nothing worse than standing in line and waiting until someone finishes their irrelevant conversation with some lame off the street. You've seen it. You've been in Walmart. You've been in Target, maybe at the bank. And maybe one of their family members called. They're on the phone. And you're in line waiting to make your transaction. And they're sitting there talking about, oh, well, we're going to have a cookout and make sure you pick up the eggs and I love you, sweetie. Okay, bye. No, you do that on your own time. You're on the clock. Customer comes in, we want professionalism. Matter of fact, we demand professionalism. We're professionals in our jobs. We carry ourselves with a decorum worthy of respect. This is the same thing that we expect from others, especially when it's a paid good or service. A few other characteristics of professionalism. One might say dressing for success. You have to look the part, right? I don't want to see you in a Hawaiian shirt when you're checking my eyes. I want to see you in the white lab coat. I want to see you with the 
khaki pants, belt on, shirt tucked in. I don't need the guy coming up to check my eyes who's been sitting in the sauna for the last three hours. This isn't who we want to see. We want you to look the part. You have to dress for success. This is where this expression comes from. Because a first impression is everything in a lot of cases. Now, I know some jobs don't require you to go to work in a suit. You can go there in shorts. You can go there with some holy moly jeans. And that's fine. Because if I want a freaking carpenter, I don't expect him to come in there in a three-piece suit. I want the guy with the paint stains on his pants because it looks like he's been working. I want the dirt under his fingernails, right? Calluses on his hands. Yeah, he's been holding hammers all day. This is how he's supposed to look. This is what you expect. So I would say, yeah, that's a professional guy. That's a carpenter. But if my doctor showed up saying, okay, we're going to check your temperature, and his hands look like he's been breaking bricks all day, no thank you. No thank you. I'll go to the next office. Another characteristic people focus on when they're talking about professionalism is following through with what you say you will do. Just imagine you're preparing to purchase a car. You've been talking with the little salesman all week, going back and forth, negotiating the price. Finally, you have a deal. You settled on the black sedan. It's great, low mileage. Maybe the paint's a little chipped, but you can work with that. So you're going in to close the deal. And he says, oh, I'm sorry. I sold that car yesterday. And you're like, what do you mean? You just told me you were holding that car for me. I was coming in today at nine o'clock to purchase the car and we were supposed to shake hands and that was gonna be it. Yeah, but somebody came in and they offered more money, so we sold it to them. So this guy didn't follow through with what he said. So he's already ruined the relationship. He does not have to look for any future business from me. It's not gonna happen. I'm not going to this guy for anything. I'm not gonna refer any of my friends, any of my colleagues. If anything, I'll give him a bad review. If anybody asks me a question about his quality of work, his quality of service, I'm gonna give him a bad review, easily because he didn't follow through. So something just as simple as following through with what you say you will do, that holds weight, that can hold water. People can count on that. You can float a boat on that. Kid goes to school. You expect the teacher to be there, right? Eight o'clock in the morning. Okay, class, break out your textbooks. Let's do the assignment. This is what you expect. But little Johnny comes home and tells you, uh, Miss Sarah was in there today shooting a TikTok video, doing the freaking Macarena or something like that and we didn't have any class today. You're like, what? That's not what I'm paying tax dollars for. That's not why I send you to schools to watch some lady who's well past her best years do the Macarena. I'm not sending my kid to school for that. So you're gonna have a problem. You're probably gonna complain to the school board or the principal or something like that. Extreme case, I know, but I give these extreme examples just so you can visually see it. I want you to be able to see these concepts that we're talking about. Not just hear it, but see it. Make an emotional connection with them. Another quality, key point of professionalism is being an expert in your field. I don't care if you work in IT, if you're an athlete, if you're a model, if you're a fisherman, one of these Bassmaster 3000s, be an expert in your field. You don't have to know everything, but you need to know what you're supposed to know. If you're a basketball player and you say that you play for the Lakers, and I ask you, what's a technical foul? If you have to ask somebody what a technical foul is, then how professional are you? Because you play in the game, right? You've been fouled before, right? You have fouled somebody before, right? You should be able to tell me what a technical foul is. You should be able to tell me where the three-point line is. You don't need to look up anything in a book. You don't need to go ask your coworkers or ask your friends or ask your teammates where the three-point line is. These are things you should know. The basics, the basics. 
Another thing, maintaining your composure. Just imagine Sunday morning, for those of you that go to church, Sunday morning, Sunday, whenever you go, right? Or just your religious figure, your spiritual guidance counselor, whoever you talk to and divulge your deepest, darkest secrets. You go to them in confidence and you say, I did a bad thing. And they say, what? You did what? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. You're going to be like, what? You definitely, definitely do not want to see that kind of reaction from somebody who's supposed to be experienced in dealing with things like this. Somebody who's supposed to be calm in times of troubled water, right? You don't want to see your freaking deacon doing a backflip because you told him what happened last weekend. He's not supposed to freak out. He's supposed to be calm. Or if you tell your college professor, hey, next weekend, I'm going to be in Texas with my family, so I'll miss the lecture. And he blows a freaking gasket and chews you out. You're going to miss my lecture? What do you mean you're going to miss my lecture? I've been preparing all week for this lecture. You're supposed to be here. You and the other 19 students, you're all supposed to listen to my lecture. If he goes off like that, that's unprofessional. You're going to contact the director. And he probably will not have a job Monday morning. Now, as we go through these characteristics of being a professional, you have to keep in mind that it doesn't just have to stay in the workplace. You can handle yourself with a level of professionalism in your everyday life. We're going to take a sip and we're going to get into that. Now, what kind of professional characteristics can we exhibit in our everyday lives? Well, a lot of the ones we just said. Follow through with what you say you will do. If you tell your kids, hey, Tuesday, burgers, no homework, movie night, it's fun time. Kids are going to be jumping out of their skin all weekend and barely sleep Monday. Tuesday, they're going to be ready to party. You told them, movies, fun time. And if you do not deliver, how much do you think they're going to value your word next time you tell them that you have big plans for them? They're going to be like, eh, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Maybe she will, maybe she won't. Do what you say you will do. Do not say it if you cannot do it. This is key. When I used to work in mental health, this was one of the cardinal rules. It was a cardinal sin to do anything other than follow through with your work. If you tell a client, hey, we're going to meet Wednesday at 3 o'clock. Be outside. I'm going to pick you up. You roll up. Guess what? They're outside. 3 o'clock. For those that really wanted it, they were outside. 3 o'clock. Didn't matter if it was raining. You're like, what are you doing in the rain? You said you were going to be here at 3 o'clock. I didn't want to miss it. Now, just imagine if I didn't show up. Just imagine if I didn't show up. They would have been standing in the rain waiting for me and I didn't show up. It never happened, but just imagine what that would feel like. We all hate being stood up. I can't think of anybody out here in the world listening right now that hasn't been stood up. Being stood up means you make a date with somebody, a girl or a guy, and they say, okay, well, we're going out next weekend, 8 o'clock, we're going to the movie, see Batman, whatever. And you, you, you took your shower, you got your hair cut, your hair styled, you got your dress on, your slacks, whatever. And then 8 o'clock shows up, there's no knock at the door. 8.15, still no knock at the door. Now, you've been ready for a freaking hour because you were so excited waiting for this person. 9 o'clock rolls around, no call. You look at your phone, maybe they sent a text and you didn't get it. Maybe they called and you just didn't hear it, even though the phone was in your hand the whole time, right? So you call them, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Hey, um, what happened? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody called me and I was over there at a barbecue. I forgot all about our date. So maybe we can do something next weekend. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Do you remember how that feels? It's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. Now, that wasn't an exact moment for my life, but I have been stood up before. So I've always made it a point to never stand someone up. I conduct myself with a level of professionalism when it comes to dating. Phone etiquette. Phone etiquette. That's a good one. Let's put that one in both professional and in our personal lives. When you answer the phone, a lot of people don't know how to answer the phone. You call somebody and they say, yeah, what do you want? What? You're already going to have an attitude just based on the way they respond. That does not set up a good conversation. Yeah, what do you want? Okay, that means they have something more important going on than whatever you're about to say on the phone, so you don't even want to tell them what you called them about. Have you ever called a department store? Maybe you picked up the wrong size of underwear and you needed to know a little bit about their return policy. You call up there and you ask to speak with the manager, and they pass the phone around about five or seven times, and it's 30 minutes before somebody gets on the phone, and then he's like, uh, yeah, I'm the manager, how can I help you? And you tell him your issue, and he says, yeah, well, we're about to close, so um, if you had come in maybe 30 minutes ago, we could have helped you. And you're like, well, I called 30 minutes ago. He's like, yeah, but we're closing now, so you'll have to come in tomorrow. Unprofessional, right? If they just had their little phone system halfway put together, maybe you could have had your questions answered and made it to the store in enough time to return the product. But it didn't happen because people were being unprofessional. Let's hit one more because the rain is starting to come down. I don't want that lightning to start cracking because uh, definitely that'll be a situation. Owning up to mistakes. This is monumental. A lot of people hate to admit that they're wrong. And this destroys relationships, you know, marriages, boyfriend, girlfriend relationships, relationships with stores, companies, businesses. If you make a mistake, just say you made the mistake and move on. But there's some people out there that will not admit it. They will take it to the grave. Literally take it to the grave. Why do they do that? Maybe they're afraid of losing their job. Maybe they're afraid of losing respect. Maybe they're afraid of being thrown in jail, depending on what it is. If you told your wife how to relight the furnace and she burns the house down because you told her to hold the flame to the pilot light for 10 seconds, then wait 30 seconds before she blows it out. I'm just making stuff up. But if you told her something like that and she does this, follows your direct instruction and burns the house down, that's your fault. You can't blame her because she called you who's supposed to be the expert in your field. She did exactly what you told her to do. It's your fault. It's not her fault. She was just following direction. If you go to the doctor's office, let's say he's supposed to perform some type of surgery, and he leaves some gauze inside of you. They cut you open, right? Go in there, suture something, and they leave the gauze inside of you. Now you have some infection within your body. Oh, he's not going to claim it. But how would you even know the gauze is in there? Well, another doctor would tell you because you're going to have a stomach ache or an issue. And then they're going to say, oh, well, let's do an x-ray. And they look at it and say, oh, well, you have a piece of gauze inside of your body. Where's the last place you had surgery? At Dr. Turner's office. You're going to go to Dr. Turner. You can say, hey, man, you left this gauze inside of my body. Now I have an infection. Dr. Sampson told me that you were supposed to remove it. Oh, um, there's nothing he can say because you have somebody else involved. But imagine if Dr. Turner sewed you back up and he was like, oh, man, I forgot the gauze. 
So he's like, well, he'll be okay. Maybe it'll dissolve in the next five years. He won't have any issues. So he doesn't want to impede progress or have his director come down and ask him, why did you have to reopen the patient after you closed him? Because then he would have to explain his level of incompetence, right? He would have to go into detail about how poorly he performed during the operation. So a lot of people don't own up to their mistakes because they want to save face. That's a little expression for those of you out there collecting idioms. Saving face. This is what people do. They will lie, cheat, and steal just to save face. They don't want to own up to their mistakes. And this weather, I don't know what is going on with it. But I tell you what I do know. 2023 is coming to a close. How many months do we have left? It is October. We have November and December. This year flew by. I'm sure many of you can remember the episode where I said, uh, 2023 is almost here. And I know you guys remember at the beginning of the year when I was all, 2023 this year is going to be crazy. Is it not crazy? Is it not crazy? It's crazy, but we're still here. Still trucking, still pushing, still sipping, right? Even while the world has lost its mind, people are at war with each other, inflation, and all the bad things that have happened, we are still here, still sipping strong. We should all be sipping from gold cups right now. Golden cups, just taking our sips. But it doesn't stop there. And you know that. Those of you that have been rocking with me for a while, you know it doesn't stop there. It's more than just coffee. It's more than just English. What we're doing is improving the world by bettering ourselves. We can't control what others do. We can only control what we do. The decisions that we make, the steps that we take. The kids that you raise. You can't worry about your neighbor's kids. You can only worry about what you teach your kids. You can't worry about what your co-workers do on the job. You can only worry about the way you conduct yourself. When you're on the road, you have to worry about how you drive. You can't be worried about the drunk drivers on the road. You just have to make sure that you're not out there doing something you don't need to do. If you find a purse on the ground, you either leave it there or you return it. You don't open it and say, let me see how much money's in it. No, we don't do that. We don't do that. We're above that. And on that, I'm going to get on before this lightning strikes. And to those of you that are knee deep in the chaos right now, and you know what I'm talking about, knee deep in it. The world is just going off all around you. Be safe. My warmest, most positive wishes are with you. And I will see you all in the next one.